Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Barsh, and after a heavy first week back in the saddle here in the first week of September, it's a rather challenging weekend coming up. Uh, Sunday, September 10th, is National Suicide Awareness Day. It's a day that people who have wrestled with this in the past are, uh, you know, continuing to wrestle. Again, earlier this week, we talked about a woman in Canada who was experiencing suicidal ideation, which meant that she had been thinking about it, planning it, went to a hospital in Vancouver. And while she was there, the person who tried to check her in said, oh, well, we don't have enough beds. It'll take you a year to see a doctor. Why don't you consider assisted suicide? And it was just mind boggling to think that that's where people are. But this Sunday, September 10th, is a day that people will be uh, commemorating that, especially if you've either lost someone to suicide or you've considered it. Also, uh, kind of a, on a happier note this sunday is also grandparents day so if you're a grandparent um, happy grandparents day in advance and i hope you enjoy the weekend and and trust me you're, no one's going to give you a card and you're not going to get any kind of celebration from your millennial or generation z kids who made you grandparents but just know from one grandparent to another it's just i mean it's an american thing it's not that you know mother's day is a big deal father's day is a big deal grandparents day no one cares so if you're a grandparent, I just want to be the first to wish you happy Grandparents Day. It's the second Sunday in uh, September, by the way. And then, of course, Monday, we commemorate the 22nd anniversary of the attacks at the uh, Twin Towers and the 9-11 attacks that uh, forever changed the way America thinks about uh, our own defense. You know, the worst attack on American soil. I mean, people would look at Pearl Harbor, but Hawaii was a U.S. territory at that point, not a state. The fact that the Pentagon was targeted, that the White House was to be targeted, uh, really just kind of set us all into a whole different dimension. But it also brought to the United States a greater sense of awareness of what's happening behind the scenes. And the idea of the good guy, U.S. versus the bad guy, anybody who isn't the U.S., was called into question. And more and more people like Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan are actually asking questions like, hey, what was actually in the 9-11 report? What did the U.S. know about what was going on in involvement with Saudi Arabia? Um, was this, you know, there were lots of attacks on the uh, World Trade Center towers before, uh, some bombings that happened there. Why is it that the U.S. didn't uh, do more due diligence to try to get the alleged perpetrators? These are questions that are fair to ask, but I think it's important for us as Christians to be wise as serpents and meek as doves when it comes to all matters and to do our due diligence and to be able to, you know, say, look, I love this nation. I do. I think it's the greatest nation in the history of the world. Michael Medved used to say it's the na greatest nation on God's green earth. And I love that sentiment. But also we have to look at the faux pas, the, the, the warts, the black eyes that Lady Liberty has uh, to see what's really what makes America truly great and the the reality is though we as a nation were rocked to the core by the 9-11 attacks we'll talk more about this on monday um we we also gave up a lot of our freedoms in order to remain safe and to this day we there are a lot less free people in the country simply because we allowed the government to do more spying and intruding all in the name of safety so um it's interesting how the government can see what they want to see and not see what they don't want to see and one of the biggest areas where that's happening right now is involving transgender ideology and what happens in the classroom. The fact that the LGBTQ lobby has pushed so hard to uh, make this uh, 
kind of ideology normalized in the school. Remember about a year and a half ago, gosh, it was January, February or so of 22, when Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law the so-called don't say gay bill in Florida. And the whole idea was that you would not teach young children about LGBTQ ideologies in grades kindergarten through third. Up until that point, there was no law that said you couldn't teach it from kindergarten all the way through grade 12. And when the left found out about it, all of a sudden, you can't even talk about this. You can't, don't say gay. They're so good at marketing, right? But quite frankly, the don't say gay bill, I don't think went far enough. Why are fourth graders being subjected to their gay teachers talking about uh, a man saying me and my husband went on vacation and whatever. I mean, kids at that age are just trying to figure out their own bodies. I mean, when you get right down to it, human sexuality classes don't usually get introduced till the fifth grade. And even then, having been through this many years ago, my biological children are 35, almost 33, and almost 29. Uh, I remember having to sign the parent, you know, form and being one of the few parents who actually went to the lecture you know, this is what we're going to be teaching your kids. And I remember one year, I think it was for my son, Jake, when he was in seventh grade, um, the teachers the, who were all women informed all of the parents that anytime a boy would act out in class by giggling over something or this, that, and the other thing, he'd be sent to the principal's office. I said, wait a minute, you're talking about things like erections and vaginas and stuff like that with these kids. And again, this was basically stick figure stuff. This is what happens to your body. It was not what it's become now, which is we're showing movies and we're reading books. And you, you, I mean, they literally, I mean, the idiots, and I, and I say this in all love and respect, because I know we have a lot of teachers and a lot of people in the academic profession. And I am a product of that too, because both my parents did. I have three children who are all in the academic world. I mean, my sister was a preschool teacher for crying out loud. I'll say this and I'll say it again. The idiots in the academic world who have turned what we used to call sex education into actually teaching kids how to have sex. Completely taking away from them the, the way God intended it, which is a man and a woman fall in love, get married, and inside the marital bed, Whatever does not defile that bed is acceptable. There are, there, there are no rules. Now, obviously, there are certain things that should and shouldn't happen. No one should ever fear for their life. No one should be beaten to the point where they're, they're injured. Um, when you start talking about which way you're supposed to you know, engage in certain things, God puts some natural parameters up in terms of entry points and satisfaction points and things like that that most anybody could figure out on their own. But the left just won't let it up. I mean, now they, the laws have been created so groups like Planned Parenthood can teach sex education. And instead of qualified biology teachers and anatomy teachers teaching purely science, it's here's how 15-year-old kids can use whips and chains to have a better sexual experience. That has nothing to do with human reproduction. It has everything to do with the sexual experience, which once again, even God said, this is between the man and the woman in their marriage bed. Whatever they want to do, do it the way you want. As often, who's doing what, you know, ton top or whatever you want to do. God gave us complete liberty with that as long as you don't violate rules of science and rules of decency. But that just doesn't stop the left. They can't get enough of it. We have to keep pushing this. And it's very interesting because in Cobb County School District in Georgia, a, uh, an elementary school teacher has now been fired. This is not, you know, a lot of times when you hear about these stories, it involves a teacher 
who was a substitute. You know, some guy who had questionable repute shows up at assist, as an assistant coach on a team and starts, you know, propositioning 15-year-old girls or whatever. That This is not, this is someone who was a teacher who was tenured, her name was Catherine Rinderly, and uh, she had been a teacher for over a decade at Due West Elementary School in Cobb County. Catherine Rinderly was teaching a group of fifth graders and read a picture book to her students about gender identity. Now, gender identity in the fifth grade classroom, this is supposed to be a one and done proposition, right? Remember the movie, My Mom's Having a Baby, whatever, where the kids got together for an assembly. Here are all the fifth graders are going to a classroom with the teachers. We're going to show the movie and have a conversation. And that's it. Now it's constant barrage of dialogue in the classroom. And so enough parents spoke up and said, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. Why is this woman reading this story that is pro-LGBT? The book is called My Shadow is Purple. The book uses colors to represent the concept of gender identity and the main character shadow. Now, let's face it. The boys are blue. The girls are pink, rather traditional. But the main character shadow is purple. Now, what do you think the message is behind that? There are other books that have been introduced in the classroom. Eric Baxter is the vice president and senior counsel for Beckett, uh, uh, the Beckett Center for uh, Religious Liberty, Beckett Law. Some of the books that parents have objected to are Pride Puppy, another one called Uncle Bob's Wedding, where Uncle Bob marries another guy, quote unquote marries him. More and more states are rising up and, and banning the use of this type of literature in their books. And Catherine Rinderly actually went before the Cobb County School Board. And last Friday, they voted by a measure of four to three to fire her. Now, the school board members, I don't know that they necessarily need to declare a party affiliation, but it is worth noting that the four board members that voted to fire her are registered Republicans, and the three that voted to keep her were registered Democrats. The recommendation of three retired educators concluded after a two-day hearing that said that she violated the district's policies but should not be fired. And yet the board voted to eliminate her position, I mean, basically blow her out. According to a spokesperson for Cobb County uh, School District, uh, the district is pleased that this difficult issue has been resolved. We're serious about keeping our classrooms focused on teaching, learning, and opportunities for success of students, and we believe that the board's decision is reflective of that mission. The school district lawyer, uh, Sherry Culver, said that it was in fact inappropriate for Ms. Rinderley to discuss the concept of gender identity with her students. Now it's interesting, Craig Goodmark represents uh, the uh, Catherine Rinderley, uh, and they were joined by the Southern Poverty Law Center. You know, the ones who are the arbiters of what's good and what's right and what's pure in the nation. And they said that they're going to appeal this thing. We're disappointed in the district's termination to terminate a teacher for reading an inclusive and affirming book, one that representative of diverse student identities. I'm going to wager here. I'm going to hedge a bet. My hunch is that the majority 
of the students in Cobb County School District in Georgia have no idea about gender identity and they could uh, they could change genders that flexibly. Fascinating, but it's nice to see the work actually showing up the right way. Good decision in Georgia that kicks off the program today here on a very positive note here at thebottomlineshow.com. As we continue, have you ever wondered why pets become such an important part of our lives, and especially dogs and cats? Well, Linda Clare is an author and a Bible teacher who has written a book that talks about how the Lord actually uses our fur babies, if you will, to speak to us. This is going to be a lot of fun conversation. The book is called Thank God for Cats, How God Speaks to Us Through Our Feline Fur Babies. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we're giving away a copy or two of this book as well. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Linda Clare talking about cats. Coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to take a complete departure from what we typically talk about. We're not talking about the economy. We're not talking about politics. We're not talking about the latest social media stars. We're going to talk about cats. Now, before you run, turn the dial and say, wait, I'm not a cat person. I'm a dog person. I have a full confession to make. I mean, if you're a cat person, you're just like, yeah, it's about time you're talking about cats. But what are you talking about cats? Well, <laughs> cats are a lot of fun. But do they have the kind of emotional, spiritual, and familial significance that we actually think they do? Well, today here on the broadcast, I'm joined by a woman who's written a book that I think you're going to love if you love cats, and even if you don't. Her name is Linda Clare. She's an award-winning author or co-author of eight books. She's a writing teacher and coach, and she's the author of a brand new book that caught my attention. Actually, it caught Tamara's attention more. It's called Thank God for Cats. How God Speaks to Us Through Our Feline Fur Babies. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Linda Clare, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Hey, thanks for having me on today. Well, thank you for being with us as the former cat. I'm not a cat dad, but we've had cats in our... It was the only pet when my kids were little that everybody could agree on and nobody was allergic to, quite frankly. We tried uh -huh. dogs, we tried fish, we tried gila monsters and geckos, we tried birds, we tried everything. And then their mom brought home a couple of cats that had been rescued and, uh, you know, spayed or neutered. I don't remember which ones came home first. And all of a sudden, the cats just kind of became part of the family. And they, I mean, if you talk to my three kids who are now all in their 30s, they have such wonderful stories to tell about how God used those cats to help them through mm -hmm. really tough times in their lives and celebrate the good times too. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about your love for cats. We'll get into the book eventually, but anybody who has the discipline to write a spiritual book on the spiritual significance <laughs> of felines, uh, when did this all start for you, Linda Clare? Uh, I joined a Facebook group a couple of years ago, um, and there were like, I don't know, probably half a million people in the group. Wow, and I mean, there are there are a lot of cat lovers out there. Mm -hmm. um, but what I noticed as being part of that group, you know, the the thing that drew me there was, you know, just like all of us, we love to watch cat videos and pictures of mm -hmm. cats doing silly things and how they get into things and so forth. But what I also noticed was that this was a Christian group of cat lovers, mm. and the the depth of devotion and love and just all around affection that these people had for their cats just blew me away. And I knew just from being in that group that I wanted to write about how 
something that was kind of not on the market as I saw it. You know, you can mm-hmm. find books that are pretty pictures of cats, and you can find books that are like hilarious, snarky, let's make fun of cats. Right. Um, but you couldn't really find something in that talked about what cats really do for us in our lives, especially those of us who um, are entering the second phase of our lives or the third phase, you know, things change very quickly sometimes. And um, our, our pets, not just cats, but our pets in general can be uh, a great anchor to keep us connected to God in ways we might not have thought of. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things we're talking with Linda Clare today here on The Bottom Line, and she's got a brand new book out called Thank God for Cats, How God Speaks to Us Through Our Feline Fur Babies, and the book is up at thebottomlineshow.com. One of the things that I really enjoy about the cat versus dog uh, debate go- going back and forth is that dogs can be super helpful, super efficient, super you know retrieving and getting and service animals and all that other stuff, and cats just kind of are. You know, I mean, they're just, they're there, right? They they purr and they sit on your lap and they just kind of hang out. And uh, one of the cats, when my kids were little, used to, you know, he'd come out every couple of days to eat and use the box and they'd go back under the bed. He was very skittish. He was just kind of, <laughs> it was just kind of yeah. awkward like that. But cats just, I mean, they're, I, and, I, and I mean this in all love and respect, and I'd love to get your, your comment on this, Linda, but it doesn't seem like cats have any real definable purpose other than to just be. <laughs> Is that accurate? I mean- no, no. Okay, well, go, off base there. okay, well, help me understand what's going on here, because they okay. just seem like they're well, cute and lovable I, and fun. But what do we get out of that? Well, I think that one of the things that really strikes me, um, and I know that, you know, you probably have a natural bent toward one side or the other, which is okay. But if if you're a cat person, or even if you're just becoming a cat person, um, it just seems like cats seem to know that God created us to love and to be loved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even in the even for a skittish cat that hides under the bed. Um, I <laughs> yeah. once moved. I once moved uh, from Arizona, which where I was uh, born and raised, to California to San Diego. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got there, the cat hid under the bed for the first month. Oh no! <laughs> you know, he, wow. He, he was just, and and he was kind of like what you said, you know, came out to eat and use the box, and right. that was it. That was it. And but but um, all the other cats that I've ever had, um, they knew when I was sick, and they mm. wouldn't leave mm-hmm. my side. And, mm-hmm. and you know, some people like to say, oh well, that's because they're so lazy and they sleep twenty three hours a day. So if you're lying in bed, what, you know, what better <laughs> opportunity? But you know, uh, they've scientifically proven actually that a cat's purr is at the frequency that actually helps bones to mend. And wow. so there's, okay. little, yeah, there's a little mm-hmm. bit of a theory there that um, aside from just lying there, keeping you warm, they're actually, mm-hmm. when they're purring, they're actually helping you get well. Interesting. Um, and, okay. you know, they, another thing that is, uh, makes them more useful than say, um, you know, a dog in some instances is that, you know, some of us don't want our pet to be following us around everywhere, although my cats right. do this too. But, you know, I don't know. I get up in the morning and I feed them and then I interact with them. But when I don't, you know, I don't have to go out and walk them. 
and I don't have <laughs> right. to go out at at oh dark thirty, you know. Let them out and all that to... stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, for somebody that uh, maybe like me, a little bit of a dreamer, mm-hmm. <laughs> a daydreamer, mm-hmm. um, yeah. it it works out because I don't have to pay attention to that slobbering mouth every minute, you know? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. although I know many, many cats that are just as demanding as dogs, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, another thing that makes cats really, really be useful is, uh, the cuteness factor. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, how can you look at a cat and not just say, ah, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so in my estimation, you know, they, mm-hmm. they can be companions when we're anxious or lonely. They can actually help us heal when we're sick or injured. And if nothing else, they provide a belly laugh uh, when you're watching those <laughs> cat videos of the one that gets his head stuck in the tissue box, you know. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, now this, this is good insight from Linda Clare today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Barsh, and I, I, I'm Switzerland when it comes to cats and dogs because I was never the dog person when we had a dog growing up when I was a kid. We had a basset hound for 14 years, and it was basically my sister's dog. I, I'm not great with dogs, and I, cats seem to like me, but I'm not really fond of them. So, you know, I mean, my wife's allergic to them. So th- th- I'm the perfect person to be in here because I'm not team one way or the other. I'm just trying to get to the bottom line of this whole issue. Now, you mentioned this, something about the, the purring and, and the proximity, I guess, uh, in terms of, you know, cats yeah. helping out and, and the things that they do for our emotional health, which is probably, uh, you know, f- far more uh, valuable these days as a lot of people are going through stress. Talk about the spiritual significance because you don't gloss over that in this book. I mean, the fact that, you know, the whole idea is the book is called Thank God for Cats. Uh, how do you how do you tie this together for people who've always just been like cat lovers because they're so darn cute, but then you begin to realize, hey, wait, God's using that cat to more than just make me smile? Well, um, one of the reasons is that, um, you know, how they talk about, many people talk about how no cat can resist jumping in an empty cardboard box. <laughs> right, well, right. You know, we can kind of say, okay, maybe the cat's onto something. You know, maybe maybe that's one way God is trying to urge us to get into our prayer closet a little bit more often. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily mean that you have to go out and get an actual cardboard box to pray in. Um, mm-hmm. Surely your family will think you've gone round the bend if you do that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, God always wants to meet us there, wherever right. we decide to meet God. And so whether it's a cardboard box or or just your prayer closet, whatever, I think cats show us that, you know, we we can be uh, close to God anytime we wish, and that you know, God knows full well, you know, when you're discouraged or grieving or when you just need a little bit of extra TLC. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like my cats know this and they they minister to me in ways that I was not expecting, you know, whether mm-hmm. they're, you know, just giving head bumps or uh, doing silly things like, you know, cleaning themselves and then leaving their tongues hanging out, which is called a blep, <laughs> by the way, um, or, or, you know, just hanging out, you know, it feels like the cat knows uh, something about how to handle your anxiety and how to help you remind, help to remind you that God is always as near as your next prayer. Mm. 
Linda Clare is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Her brand new book is called Thank God for Cats, How God Speaks to Us Through Our Feline Fur Babies. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More to come in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Linda Clare is my guest, and we're talking about cats. Uh, she's got a fun book called Thank God for Cats, How God Speaks to Us Through Our Feline Fur Babies. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And we have not one, not two, but three books to give away. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, Linda Clare has a fun book about if you love cats, even if you don't love cats. And trust me, I'm not necessarily a cat lover per se, but the way God uses the cats in our world to speak to us. Thank God for cats, how God speaks to us through our feline fur babies. Three copies that we're giving away right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, we'll conclude the conversation with Linda Clare about feline fur babies and God coming up next as the bottom line continues. Linda Clare is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Her brand new book is called Thank God for Cats, How God Speaks to Us Through Our Feline Fur Babies. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Um, you have a, a chapter in the book uh, that, uh, well, you call it the awe factor and the arg factor. Uh, they they kind of run back <laughs> and forth. We've talked a lot about the awe, the awe. Can we talk about some of the arg? I mean, there are some people I know who say, man, every time I hear my cat starting to cough and hack and whatever, uh -oh. it, yeah, that's, <laughs> we don't like that. But at the same time, yeah. there's, there's something we can benefit from in hearing that and going yeah. through that. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, the, the arg factor uh, often has something to do with uh, your cat waiting until they get to your brand new carpet to um, of course. regurgitate, of course. Yeah. you know, breakfast. <laughs> Uh -huh. um, and and one of the things I take away from that is that, you know, as a cat lover, um, I, I think I, I try to react in the same way God reacts to me when I mess up. And that is, you know, a, a stern warning to go to the linoleum or outside next time. Um, and and then forgiveness, you know, that mm. um, I can't stay mad at somebody who will sit next to me in Pearl afternoon. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, other ways that um, we know that those, those cats can be destructive, you know, um, I've seen pictures with 
uh, people's mini blinds shredded as the cat tries to look outside. And oh. uh, there's, I even have a, a whole section in the book about kitty kleptomaniacs. <laughs> who have been no yeah really they oh, they if they're indoor outdoor cats you know people have been so embarrassed to know that their cat goes over to their neighbor's house at night and steals mm-hmm. stuff um <laughs> everything from pen tops to uh underpants from the clothesline to uh one cat actually only stole left shoes never the right shoe only the left shoe and um i would have hated to be that neighbor that had to return that. <laughs> you, know, I guess you, you ring the doorbell and run really fast you know yeah um, yeah but but uh you know the so often my cats remind me of some of the uh, little messes that i've stepped into um mm-hmm. and yet god seems to forgive me time after time after time. And mm-hmm. I think that all that, you know, sitting on your head at 3 a.m. or singing the song of his people as they <laughs> race around the house in the dark, mm-hmm. um, or that that perennial, do you want in or do you want out um, question, that God is so patient with us that yes. I see a parallel there, that, mm-hmm. you know, whatever my cat is straining my patience mightily, I can kind of look at myself and say, well, isn't that how I am too? Mm. And it helps me to be not only feel forgiven for all the stuff I do, but it helps me to forgive. Because when you feel forgiven for whatever mistakes you've made, um, I think it's much easier to forgive other people. Yes, yes. And we have that biblical mandate to forgive as we've been forgiven. But how easy it is, uh, Linda Claire, for us to get self-righteous and say, well, I'm hurting right now. So therefore, since you hurt me, I can't forgive you. And and uh, maybe I, watching our maybe watching our cats go back and forth is, uh, you know, something to bring us back into, you know, a clearer biblical vision on that. That's right. And, you know, if you've if you've got more than one cat, you'll know that they they love to tussle and bite each other and mm-hmm. roll around and and all those sorts of things but then they get up and they groom each other you know and so mm-hmm. they don't hold grudges at mm-hmm. least i've never had a cat hold a grudge although i see you know a lot of memes online and so forth with um these horrible expressions on cats faces that mm-hmm. cause humans to write he is plotting my demise, you know, <laughs> um, because they can look kind of, kind of mean, kind of sure. greedy. In, sure. In fact, I have I have an explanation for that. Okay. Um, Fire away. One of the one one of the uh, reasons that cats can look so uh, totally aggravated a lot of the time is that cats don't have the same facial muscle muscles that we do, and mm. so because they don't have the muscles, especially around their lips and their eyes um, that we do, um, they can't smile the way a dog mm-hmm. can, mm-hmm. and they can't make other expressions. So I think I think humans kind of put the mood on the cat more than the cat puts on the mood. And Interesting. So, but that's, that's the reason for it. They don't have the same muscles. Well, that, that is a fascinating feline fact from Linda Clare today here on The Bottom Line. Her brand new book is called Thank God for Cats, How God Speaks to Us Through Our Feline Fur Babies. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. The catnapping story made me chuckle because uh, my son has a, a husky, 
And when she is upset with him or anybody else in the house, it's left shoes and left socks that she takes and destroys. And it's kind of like, you know, I, I, I could still imagine, you know, back in the Old Testament, the kings being kidnapped. And what do they do? They cut off their thumbs and, you know, big toes or whatever. So they couldn't go anywhere. It's like she's saying, oh, yeah, you want to go somewhere next time? Try it without your left shoe. OK, I, I, I get that. But but right. so I can and, see. And I, I can, Go ahead. Any any self-respecting cat would also figure out a way to uh, get revenge, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, cat, cats really can be a little bit on the Old Testament side in some ways, <laughs> but you know, they also uh, often show us the golden rule. And mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, if we practice treating them the way they would like to be treated, then we can hope to get better that they get better aim when they have to um, hork up the breakfast or um, <laughs> shred the side of your couch or whatever mm-hmm. they're doing mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah, well, that it's a good reminder. They're a good uh, temperature gauge, if you will, for uh, our spiritual health and and otherwise, as well as our physical health, as Linda Clare has been sharing with us from her book, Thank God for Cats, How God Speaks to Us Through Our Feline Fur Babies. The link is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Let's take the final moments of our time together. I, I don't want to miss the fact that you do have a glossary at the end of this book of cat lingo. I'd oh, love yeah. for you to kind of take yeah. us through some of those terms here, if you would, before we uh, get your final thoughts on why this book is going to be beneficial to cat lovers, of course, but also uh, to those who might have thought, you know, maybe I've, I want to get a pet and I'm not sure if I should get a cat or a dog or a bird or just let my grandkids bring over whatever they have and then we can visit for a while and then they can go home. You know, I mean, that's, well, it's, huh. quite, it's, a, it's an investment. Yes, yes. Well, I I think that being in some of these online groups that are devoted to cat owners or cats uh, who are owned by cats is more accurate, actually. Um, mm-hmm. they, there's a special lingo. Um, one of the first things that I learned from being uh, around these people is uh, the word floofy. Um, and Floofiness is just, you know, how some cats have really short hair, but others are like quite hairy and long haired. And and there's Mm -hmm. really a smallish body underneath all that floof. Um, So uh, the cat who has hair down to there um, is floofy. Um, There are uh, also needy cats. Uh, but that's with a K, needy, K-N-E-A-D-Y. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's for uh, the cat that loves to make biscuits or, you know, the, the kind of pawing motion that, that cats do when they're content. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, uh, oh, we have uh, meowsing. Uh, that's when your cat is caterwauling at night, mostly, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. singing the song of their people. And... Uh, a cat's voice box is really one of God's wonders because they are, you know, if you ever tried to purr for more than like three seconds, I think you'd run out of energy. But <laughs> cats seem to be able to purr uh, all day or all night, um, depending on what it is. Um, they also refer, these people in these groups also refer to their cat's paws as peats. Um hmm. I guess that's a smash up of paws and feet. Okay. Uh, it's it's peeps. And mm. uh a snoofle is kind of like a boop. Well, what's a boop? A boop is where 
the cat kind of touches you with its nose or you can mm-hmm. touch yeah. the cat's nose. That's a boot. Mm-hmm. And a snoofle is kind of like that, but they rub their noses instead of just touching. And then one of the things that we love about our cats, except at 3 a.m., is what they call the zoomies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the zoomies, it, it does not apply to any uh, online meeting house. It applies to the cat and multiple cats, if you have them, running through your house, sounding like a herd of elephants, but only between <laughs> the hours of midnight and 5 a.m. Of course, of course. Only the times yeah. when you're trying to get some sleep, but you know, exactly. uh, the, the, they don't know. And quite frankly, they're not they interested. Don't care. They're right. <laughs> they don't care. Oh my. Well, Linda, this has been so, this has been such a fun conversation. We take the last uh, few moments here. The book from Linda Claire, by the way, is called Thank God for Cats, How God Speaks to Us Through Our Feline Fur Babies. And the link is up at the bottomlineshow.com. Uh, to, Help us understand just kind of maybe a 60 second, uh, you know, benediction here as to why uh, why you believe there's such a great spiritual significance for cats that it's just kind of misunderstood by people and more people might see their spiritual health as well as their physical health improve by having a cat or two in the home. Oh, sure. Um, One of the things that I love about the cats that have been in my life is that they always felt like they found me instead of I finding Mm -hmm. them. And I know Mm -hmm. some people do go out and, you know, get a cat from a pet store or a private owner, but every cat I ever had, um, including the ones I have now, um, they've all been rescued. And I think one of the things that um, touches my heart most about that is that I am being rescued by God on a daily basis, mm. and my cats remind me of God's love, of God's uh, faithfulness, of God. Because um, it doesn't matter whether you want them to or not; they're going to lie next to you or on you or someplace as long as they please, and mm-hmm. uh, they will never leave you, especially when you want them to. So, um, to me, that's kind of like God's steadfastness and love. And I feel like uh, cats never lie. They don't lie to you. They, I mean, they tell you exactly what they want, and uh, they make their demands known in no uncertain terms. And I love that, too, because I feel like God's truth is coming through at all times. You know, you don't have to be worried that the cat is going to um, stop loving you. Um, that's probably not an option unless you start feeding them the really cheap cat food and, then you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and they but know the difference that, they really do yeah they, they, they really do and uh. and to and to just sum up i love the fact that cats keep me laughing they uh-huh. help me see the joy in life they keep mm. me happy um so if you're feeling anxious or if you're feeling discouraged today um go find a cat um <laughs> let them purr on you um let them boop your nose and uh, give them a snoofle or so uh, because you will feel better and God will see to that. Amen to that. Well, Linda Claire, you've given us a lot of food for thought uh, and and, uh, made a very compelling case for the reason that God does speak to us through our feline fur babies. The book is called Thank God for Cats. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and it comes highly recommended by yours truly. Linda, great to get to know you. Thank you for the wonderful work and conversation. And thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. My pleasure. 
All right. All right. I'm, I'm convinced it's a, <laughs> it's a good topic of conversation. And actually, it's a fun book and a delightful conversation, too. My thanks to Linda Clare, award-winning author of eight books, a longtime teacher and writing coach, and her great book that just came out called Thank God for Cats, How God Speaks to Us Through Our Feline Fur Babies. The book is up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have not one, not two, but three copies of this book to give away. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, give us a call. If you know somebody who has cats and loves them, if you have cats and love them, if uh, these stories are fun. They're, they're a great encouragement, and I think you're going to have fun with the book. Three copies of Linda Clare's book to give away. Thank God for Cats. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, we're going to get into a couple of topics of conversation, one involving a serious matter that has a good news outcome. The other one is something that uh, kind of sings the phrases of large families on the national stage. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You're a Christian who's been injured, so you need Christian attorney Stephanie Cover of Cover Law to fight for you. With Stephanie, it's not just a routine legal process, it's a spiritual battle. She understands that a legal fight involves more than flesh and blood. It means confronting principalities and powers, and that's why she consistently prays with and for her clients. She forms long-lasting relationships with her clients, just as you would expect from someone who engages in spiritual battle alongside another believer. Praise for Stephanie pours in through cards, thank you texts, and letters from clients who thank her for checking up on them, coming to see them in the hospital, praying, and even finding alternative care when current care is inadequate. Inspired by Jesus' command to love one another, Stephanie uses her skill as an attorney and knowledge of insurance processes to fight for your completeness and healing. Don't wait any longer. Contact Stephanie Cover today at kbrightradio.com slash cover and let her take up your spiritual battle. My thanks again to author Linda Clare for joining me today here on The Bottom Line for a fun conversation about an important topic. And the topic is, does God speak to us through our pets or are they just kind of emotional support animals and things like, like the culture would like us to think? Get a dog, get a cat, and that'll help you meet your emotional needs. Uh, but you know, it's amazing. God created dogs and cats. We're the ones who mutate their breeds to get different colors and different styles and sizes. But God does speak to these animals, I'm sure. Uh, The book, Thank God for Cats, How God Speaks to Us Through Our Feline Fur Babies is up at thebottomlineshow.com, 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We have not one, not two, but three copies of this book to give away. It's always fun on a Good News Friday to have lots of resourcing uh, to be able to share with you. I'm Selfishly, I love to hear the phones ringing on Fridays and keeping Crystal and Joel busy. Um, but, you know, the good news is we give away stuff on Fridays too. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Um, a more serious note for a good news story as we continue here, um, involving something that has really shot to prominence over the past several months, and that because of the movie Sound of Freedom, the outstanding film starring Jim Caviezel and... Um, and uh, Mira Sorvino, of all people, who is a passionate advocate for stopping human trafficking. You know, it's interesting, as people have taken this kind of, uh, well, 
there's a healthy attitude you can have to having pets, right? I mean, the, the whole idea is the pet is designed to bring you comfort, or in some cases, they're service animals that can help uh, identify certain needs. I guess, I don't, I don't think there are any service cats. Cats kind of take care of themselves, but uh, maybe we'll have to have Linda Claire back on to talk about that. But there are lots of people who benefit from the, having a service dog around uh, that can meet needs, that can help. I mean, my goodness, the things that service dogs can do um, in terms of, uh, I was reading about dogs that have been trained to help people who are diabetic, uh, who have start to get low on insulin, and the dog will come and kind of wake them up and help them to find where their medication is. Um, you know, of course, there's the seeing eye dog. I mean, there's all sorts of dogs that are helping people. Um, my friend Victor Marks with All Things Possible Ministries has a German shepherd named Scout. And she is a dog that is not only a service dog for him because he's got major PTSD from uh, years of sexual abuse when he was a child, the trauma of the home he grew up in, but then having been a Navy SEAL and now working and rescuing people who are being trafficked. Uh, Victor's a remarkable man, but uh, Scout really keeps things on the level for him. Uh, well, Scout, in addition to being a, a comfort dog for him, also helps victims of human trafficking. Uh, she's skilled at being able to sniff out bombs in certain areas. Like in the Middle East, they'll sometimes they'll uh, booby trap toys that are given to children. The kids get home with a little stuffed animal or whatever, and it blows up a village. So Scout knows how to not only sniff out the bombs that are there, but she also provides comfort to the kids. Now her saying, hey, where's my toy? You know, and so it's, it's, it's incredible to think of the trauma that these kids have been trafficked are going through. With a movie like Sound of Freedom coming to the forefront and helping us here in the States have a better understanding of what it takes to rescue these kids, what it takes to prevent these types of things from happening in the future, um, it, it's always encouraging to know that our government is taking the time to launch the types of campaigns that acknowledge a real hor horrible reality in the world. And that is the same people who used to be involved in gangs, who used to traffic drugs, uh, you know, the drug smugglers and, you know, the cartels that used to handle that type of stuff have now moved into people as their, uh, their commodity of choice. And the reason that they do is it's horrible, but it, you can understand how a depraved mind would think. We have to think like them. When you remember the role of uh, Tim Ballard of uh, Operation Underground Railroad, OUR, O-U-R, uh, was the ministry that was profiled in Sound of Freedom and Jim Caviezel plays Tim Ballard. Uh, there are some gripping scenes in that movie where you could see how Tim's character had to earn the trust of the trafficker and play the role of the interested participant to frame and then arrest these guys. And it, it's just, it, I, I can only imagine how awful it must have felt for Tim to actually have to do that type of thing. And yet it is an arduous task to set up a sting operation to recognize that the number of people who are being sucked into trafficking, children and adults alike, male and female alike, continues to rise as the traffickers realize that you can only sell a drug once that kilo of cocaine or all the marijuana or whatever fentanyl that's coming in. The, the number of times you could sell that is once. You use the drug and then it's over. But when it comes to trafficking, especially trafficking for sex or you know forced labor, you can get years worth of work out of a person who's in that. You could sell that person over and over again for that purpose. Operation Cross Country is a recent effort by the FBI and other law enforcement agencies 
that wound up locating 200 victims of sex trafficking and working with state and local partners arrested or identified 126 suspects of child sexual exploitation and human trafficking offenses. So identifying the 200 victims and then either taking into custody the 126 victims and then their perpetrators as well. There were 68 individuals suspected of trafficking who've been identified and arrested as well and 59 minors who were victimized as victims of trafficking or sexual exploitation. Uh, I can't imagine what it's like to do that work, but every time we hear about another one of these sting operations, uh, we've got to do the shout out, especially here on a Good News Friday. So well done, FBI, in this case. Um, And congratulations to all the people who were rescued. And may God be merciful to the people who are apprehended. If there is any redeeming quality in them, if they have the capacity, if they have ears to hear the good news of the gospel, at some point we hope and pray that these people would uh, come to faith in Christ. Um, I want to share a, a kind of uncomfortable reality about this story, though. It kind of tempers our good news a little bit, uh, but we'll do it on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Our friends at Preborn always do such a great job of keeping us up to date with bottom line show listeners, especially here in Southern California, who reach out to us and let us know that they are supporting Preborn. Uh, Milton in Lake Elsinore reached out over Labor Day weekend and made a gift of $840, a one-time donation, to support ultrasounds and the uh, making them available to women all throughout the Southland through Preborn. Uh, if you're wondering why $840, it costs $28 to provide an ultrasound. That's the images, the pregnancy test the meeting with the technician to show you how far along you are and then to explain what your options are and 85% of the women who go to preborn clinics and get the ultrasound test done for free to them we pay for it. I mean, we as supporters of preborn, uh, 85% of the women choose life for their children, either to become a mother or to release that child for adoption. Do what Milton did. He picked 30. I, I'm not what sure the, the math was behind that, but he picked 30 kids to sponsor, 30 appointments at $28 a piece, $840 donation, one-time tax deductible. Make your gift today. Uh, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or go online to kbrightradio.com. You'll see a picture of a couple of cute uh, newborn twins. Click that banner, make your donation today. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and the good news for this half hour involves an FBI sting operation. Uh, there were more than 200 victims who were uh, located as part of this enforcement campaign by the FBI, working along with state and local agencies. 126 suspects of child sexual exploitation and human trafficking offenses, another 68 individuals uh, who were suspected of trafficking themselves. And of the 126 suspects that were actually uh, taken into custody to, you know, for their own good, uh, 59 of them were minors. this is just, it's insidious to, to see this happening and to know what's happening. Um, Christopher Ray, the FBI director, issued a statement after the announcement of the apprehensions saying human traffickers prey on the most vulnerable members of our society and their crimes scar victims for life. The FBI's commitment to combating this threat will never waver, and we will continue to send our message to, that these atrocities will not be tolerated. Now, I'm sure in the wake of Sound of Freedom, you'll remember one of the key points of that movie is where Tim Ballard's character, played by Jim Caviezel, basically breaks ties. He'd been a federal agent. The agency says, we're not going to spend any more money on this, and so he goes it alone. Uh, now the FBI is kind of ramping back up again, but here's the deal. 200 people 
taken off the street of trafficking, uh, 60 or so arrested, that's encouraging. But the number of people involved in human trafficking worldwide is over 28 million. And so the fact that a couple hundred people have been rescued is fantastic news. Every one of those lives has dignity and value. And we are praising God for the success of the operation, but please let us not lose sight of the fact that there are still millions of people who are either being uh, forced to work as indentured, indentured servants, uh, in, coming across the border from places like Mexico with no identification, needing to earn thousands of dollars to pay off the coyote that smuggled them in and realizing that they, they literally have to kidnap themselves away from these people just to break free. Uh, we'll put this story of good news up at thebottomlineshow.com. Um, you've got a few moments left, a few seconds left to get in on our Good News Friday giveaway today. Linda Clare is the author of the book, Thank God for Cats, How God Speaks to Us Through Our Feline Fur Babies. Yes, we actually had that conversation earlier today on the broadcast. If you missed it, um, for our KCBC audience, you can hear the Bottom Line Rewind coming up on Monday. Um, for, but for, if you want to hear it on demand, you can listen over the weekend when you go to thebottomlineshow.com or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. You can also go to myhopenow.com. And for all the interviews that we've had the privilege of doing video for, um, we encourage you to check that out. You can get the video. Um, but 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. For Linda Clare's book, Thank God for Cats, we have not one, not two, but three copies of the book to give away at 800-227-5278. That, of course, the uh, ever-faithful number to get you through to the Bottom Line Show. We'll take a quick break here, bid adieu to the live component of KCBC, but for those who remain on the network, a very encouraging story to round out our Good News Friday uh, conversation involving a woman who was a contestant in the 2023 Mrs. America pageant. She was asked, what makes you feel most empowered? And she turned to her children, all seven of them. We'll talk about her story coming up next as the bottom line continues. Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show, or I should say welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show as you please. I'm Roger Marsh, and uh, you know it's interesting to see where the good news is in the world and where you find it. And uh, I'm just so blessed that we have so many different stories of uh, good news to share with you. And the reason, of course, we do the Good News Friday story each and every Friday, or the Good News Friday stories, I should say, is the fact that, uh, well, it's twofold. First and foremost, the, uh, the fact that we have the good news of the gospel to share, the good news of, you know, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we are saved. The good news is that you and I are both sinners, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. But the world basically loves darkness more than light. I mean, that's the super short version of the gospel. That's kind of a paraphrase, if you will, of John chapter three, verses 16, 17, and 18. And so we, the, the, the good news is that Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. The challenge is that we live in a culture where people don't care. They don't want to know. They don't, I mean, they really have no interest whatsoever in that gospel message. So what does it mean for you and me? It means we keep proclaiming the good news everywhere we go. 
It means we keep living it out everywhere we go. It means that in everything that we do and say and act, from the smallest act to the greatest gesture, everything that we do reflects the fact that we are transformed. Um, it, it's interesting to see, uh, before we get into this good news story, I, usually I save the personal stuff for the end of the segment, but I wanted to share this one here before we get into this final good news story for this week. Uh, the reason we do good news stories, of course, is the gospel is good news. I mean, that's what it is translated as. But also there's so much negativity in the world. There's so many bad things that are happening that there's a lot of good news to share. And I like to share stories of good news, especially, you know, whether it's good news that's happening just in the culture or people living out a Christian faith uh, in such a way that it's impacting the culture for the good, hence the reason for Good News Friday stories. Uh, it's interesting to, uh, but you know what, I'm gonna, let me do the story first and then I'll share the me thing. My brain just works that way and I, I'm not going to talk about me first when I have somebody else whose story I think is more compelling to share. And her name is Hannah Nealman. Now, or Neeleman, I guess. I, I don't know that you know who Hannah is. I wouldn't imagine that you would if you are basically outside of her sphere of influence. I know up until recently, I mean, they're, they're a family from Utah. Um, up until recently, I had never heard of her. And yet it, it's interesting because this is a young lady who has a career in the arts is from New York originally, is currently living in Utah. And she's making headlines for, I think, all the right reasons. Um, it's someone who has had fame and success, somebody who had a pedigree that was leading them toward that prized possession, that treasured goal over the past decade to see God really wreak havoc on it in a good way. And toward that end, I believe that we can learn and be inspired by this woman. Now, Han Hannah Nealman was recently named 2023 Mrs. America. Okay, she won the title. You would know there's the Miss America pageant, there's the Miss USA pageant. There are pa you know, the pageants are businesses. There's nothing in in the Constitution that says that we have to have these things. And you know they were started many many years ago as a way to showcase the best and the brightest of women in America, young women especially who were you know running for you know these beauty pageants. And it's interesting how as the culture has changed and more people are saying, oh, they're sexist or they're patriarchal or you know whatever it is, um, there's still a market for people to watch these pageants. So much so now, let me see if I remember correctly, Miss America goes into the Miss universe pageant against everybody else on the planet and which i guess includes extraterrestrial and then miss usa goes into miss world right and one of them was owned by donald trump's company or something like that at some point okay i, I don't follow that but then there's a mrs america pageant and a mrs american uh whatever so in this case here hannah neilman was recently named Mrs. American for 2023. So that could be different from Mrs. America or Mrs. USA. I mean, there are lots of different pageant companies that run these pageants. Fair enough. So why am I talking about this on Good News Friday? Do I know Hannah Nealman? No, I don't. 
Never met her before. Don't know her husband. Don't know anything about her story until what I read last week for the first time. Because this is a, a woman who is part of a, uh, an organization. I mentioned she and her husband live in Utah. They live in Camas, Utah. And they own a business called Ballerina Farms. Ballerina Farms has farm-grown meat and kitchen supplies, which they sell from the farm. And apparently they do fairly well for themselves. So good for them. Nice couple. Picture them and their kids. She's winning the Mrs. American title and good for her for doing so. But you know how the beauty pageant industry works. There's always a moment in the pageant where they ask a question about what you're about. You know, every one of the contestants of these pageants for years has had to have a cause, if you will. You know, whether it's feeding the poor or uh, sheltering the homeless or wh whatever it is, fighting cancer, world peace, whatever. You know, they're, they're, they're all, uh, you know, heading in that direction. Then they ask questions about character. And who was the woman? Uh, we found it was a Carrie Prishon, I think was her name had her on the bottom line four or five years ago. She was the one who was very famously asked about the sanctity of human life and uh, it had something to do with uh, a traditional marriage. And she gave an answer that had her labeled as a uh, hater, you know, and uh, didn't like the LGBTQ community. But a lot of Christians said, well, thank you for giving us a biblical answer to what's going on. Well, Hannah Nealman was asked a question about women and empowerment in this country. And this is just a quick little sidebar for me. As the father of two daughters, as the bonus father of two others, as the husband of a wife, um, as the son of a mother, you know, a younger brother of a sister, there are so many women in my life who have spoken positively into that world. I have to wonder, and I mean this in all sincerity, my whole life, I'm now 62 years of age, my whole life, I have heard nothing in this culture but how we have to empower women and make that a priority. And I remember one of the young men who's now a son-in-law of mine, we're having a conversation one day and he said, where's the whole empowerment thing? I mean, I get it, he's a millennial, but he said, you know, I grew up in a home where men didn't really have the best uh, relationship with other people. There weren't a whole lot of really great examples. He said, it seems like the whole culture is only interested in seeing women empowered and achieving their goals and their dreams. And there's really not a whole lot in the culture to encourage men. And I think he doesn't make an excellent point. The feminist movement really whiffed on their message, I believe, when they started putting women at the exclusion of men. Now someone would say, well, now wait, it used to be all men and no women. So why shouldn't it be that way for a while to balance things out? Well, see, here's the thing, it doesn't. Look at how many young men are growing up now without role models in the media or at home, and they're kind of just drifting. And the girls are overachieving and getting multiple graduate degrees and winning Miss America pageants and things like that. And the guys are like, hey, what's up? I'm Jeff. You know, how's it going? Not to say all men are like that, but it is interesting to see how the, the, the women's empowerment thing almost seems like a media darling that they really want to, not surprised that at the Mrs. American pageant, they asked Hannah Nealman and all the other contestants, when have you felt the most empowered? Now, before we get to the answer, which we'll do on the other side of this break, when you look at Hannah Nealman's credentials, when you look at the, her family history, when you see how successful she and her husband have been with their business, she's had a wonderfully varied and successful career. 
any of these moments in her career, in her personal life, could have been the most empowering and defining moments for her. But the answer that, this is a woman who graduated from a very esteemed program in college. This is someone who actually has had success in the beauty pageant world before. But when you see what her answer was to this question, you'll be encouraged to see how biblical values are continuing to fight back in the culture for the sake of the sanctity of human life and the dignity of the family. Let's talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We are looking at the Good News Friday story of one Hannah Nealman. Mrs. Hannah Nealman was recently voted uh, Mrs. American in the 2023 Mrs. American pageant. Not surprising because she had to win somewhere uh, to move on. She was Mrs. Utah in 2021 and was able to make it to, um, you know, the finals here in the Mrs. American pageant, and she actually won the whole thing. Now, this is a, a woman who, um, she and her husband Daniel run a farm in Commas, Utah. It's called Ballerina Farms. They sell uh, kitchen supplies. They sell farm-grown meat, and apparently their business is doing quite well. But when asked the question in the Mrs. American pageant, when have you felt the most empowered? There were so many different directions where the pageant contestants could have gone. Here's how Hannah Nealman responded. I'm just going to paraphrase it for you. We will put the, uh, uh, the original audio from Instagram up at thebottomlineshow.com. When they got down to the final three contestants and they were doing this kind of question, Hannah Nealman was asked, when have you felt the most empowered? And this is how she responded, quote, I have felt this feeling seven times now as I bring these sacred souls to the earth. After I hold that newborn baby in my arms, the feeling of motherhood and bringing them into the earth is the most empowering feeling I have ever felt. As she finished her response, there was thunderous cheering and applause from the crowd. So much so that her response has gone viral as of this recording here for uh, what we're looking at on her page. Um, it's up over 150,000 views on her Instagram page. Now, why is this so significant? Well, I mean, you've got the idea. Hannah and her husband, Daniel, are the parents of seven children. Let me put this in even further perspective for you. I mentioned that she was a pro in terms of having had experience running for this type of uh, uh, office, as it were. 
She was Mrs. Utah in 2021, but before that, a decade or so ago, she is a former Miss New York City. That's right, when she was Miss New York City, she did so when she was in college. When she was in college, she graduated with a Bachelor of Arts degree, uh, Bachelor of Fine Arts actually, in dance. Oh, okay, now I get the idea. Ballerina Farms, she has a degree in dance. Okay, that's pretty impressive. She's Mrs. American in 2023. She has seven children who range in age from kind of newborn, almost one years of age, to her oldest is 11. Does that mean she's been having a kid basically every year? But did I mention that degree in fine arts, in dance? She earned that from Juilliard. Yeah, that Juilliard. To earn a degree in any of the creative arts from Juilliard is huge. For her to have hers in a fine arts degree in dance is impressive. And oh, by the way, she earned that degree in 2012. She and Mark were married. She soon after had her first child. And that child is now 11 years old. At a pivotal point in her life, Hannah Neely, or Neilman rather, uh, had a decision to make. She and her husband just gotten married. They just got pregnant. And she's a Juilliard grad. You know what happens to Juilliard grads if they play classical music like uh, violin or you know, trombone or something like that. You graduate from Juilliard with a degree in fine arts, degree in performance. You're headed for a major symphony. If you graduate from Juilliard and you pounded the boards, as they say, on the theater, then you're headed for Broadway. Or in some cases, I mean, did Robin Williams go to Juilliard? I mean, he wound up becoming a comedian and a television star. There's a very strong possibility, though I don't know that much about her dancing career, that when Hannah Neilman was graduating from Juilliard with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in dance, that basically her career was established for her. As a matter of fact, having a baby even that year didn't deter the fact that, you know, there are ways if Juilliard wants to find a way for you to become the next Misty Copeland, you're going to do it. But Hannah and Daniel wound up moving to Comish, Utah, launching a business called Ballerina Farms. They start selling kitchen supplies and farm-grown meat. And she continues to be... Ladies, when you see the pictures of Hannah Neilman <laughs> wearing her crown and milking cows or whatever it's going to do, you're going to say, how in the world did that woman... Yeah, how, how was she able to crank out seven kids like this and still keep her figure? She still keeps in shape. The uh, Neilman Farms, or well, Ballerina Farms as it's called, um, they work the farm, they promote a traditional agrarian lifestyle, and they basically had a very pro-life position to make, a statement to make with regard to how they feel about family, how they feel about life. Um, it's amazing to see how many hundreds of thousands of people are looking at this family and saying, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Now, in terms of her faith journey, I'm not sure where she is on the faith continuum, to be honest with you. The idea that uh, she made the reference to bringing souls to earth and that they have a lot of kids at a relatively young age might indicate they're part of the LDS uh, community. 
But nonetheless, it's a powerful pro-life statement to say, look, getting married, having kids, if you are able and if you are led. I know there are a lot of people in the church who are saying, hey, I'm single. Why would you make such a big deal out of marriage? Well, we believe that marriage is God's plan A for, you know, building family values and, and, and also uh, procreation. But there's also the issue, too, where, I mean, look at the Apostle Paul says, look, if you can control your lusts and you're better off being single for the kingdom. So the answer is yes, which is better to be married or to be single. The answer is yes. You know, take your pick. But I'm encouraged by this woman who just unashamedly said, look, you want to talk about empowerment? Empowerment to me is the fact that we have a family and we have a family business. We have seven kids. And uh, it's kind of cute in the picture that they have up that we'll put at the bottom line show.com our friends at life news have a picture of her family uh she's got it looks like i'm gonna say uh, three boys and three girls in the picture and uh the boys are like yeah you know we're looking like dad and one of the girls is in her arms kind of uh you know holding back and uh, little babies in dad's arms the oldest girl is holding mom's flowers and crying like i wonder if she was just practicing for when she runs for miss utah or something like that but these values are, are so important, and I love the fact that they keep showing up. I want to make this a personal, put a personal twist on this on the other side of this break. So we'll take a quick break here and then come back with more of why Mrs. American 2023 saying having seven children makes her feel the most empowered is the kind of statement that we in the body of Christ can say, isn't this a great conversation point about what has transformed your heart the most? We'll talk about that more coming up next as the bottom line continues. 833-850-BABY. That's the number I've been telling you about for the past year here on the bottom line to call our friends at Preborn and make a tax deductible to donation to save lives. You want a sure thing? Let me give you a couple of guarantees. First, when you call Preborn and make a tax deductible donation of $28, you are providing an ultrasound appointment for a woman who is facing a pregnancy that perhaps she didn't think was going to happen. Or maybe she's in between insurance and she wants to get more than just a, you know that pregnancy test that she takes at the store. Preborn will do the testing for her. They'll do the ultrasound appointment for her and then tell her what her options are because a lot of women, quite frankly, aren't quite sure. They're told by the world, you're either going to have the baby or you're going to have an abortion. But there's the adoption option and Preborn can explain adoption. Preborn can explain how to go through the attorneys. Preborn can explain all the resources available to you as an expectant mother, whether you are married or not. So we encourage you to make a donation. $28 provides one ultrasound appointment. $280 provides 10 And $15,000 one-time donation to Preborn will give a new ultrasound machine to a Preborn clinic that needs one. Call 833-850-BABY today, 833-850-2229, or click the banner at kbrightradio.com. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, wrapping up the program today with a look at Mrs. American 2023. Her name is Hannah Nealman. She got into the pageant because she was the 2021 Mrs. Utah. Uh, had pageant experience when she was younger, running as Miss, and she actually won the Miss New York City pageant. That, oh, by the way, while she was earning a bachelor's in fine arts degree in dance from Juilliard. Hence the name for her the business she and her husband run in Utah called Ballerina Farms. When she was in the uh, final three category stage where they were uh, interviewing all the contestants, the three finalists, and, and she was asked the question, what makes you feel most empowered? Or when have you felt most empowered? She said, I've experienced that seven times now. Every time I was able to bring another baby into the world, um, I, I really felt empowered. I mean, you know, I've, I've been given this opportunity. 
and I, I love the fact that, you know, she's basically putting it on the line. I mean, it's obvious that you see how happy they are as a family and with their kids. But I thought, you know, it's interesting to see how many people who have certain values, family values, you know, that are biblical as opposed to uh, unbiblical or extra biblical. And uh, I think in the case of some people who uh, claim the name of Jesus as their Lord and Savior, there's kind of an extra biblical component with some uh, certain offshoots of that that we at the body of Christ need to be mindful of and keep preaching the true gospel so as to not confuse people who might wander off into the LDS church or something like that and say, hey, this is uh, the same thing, right? It's like, well, no, it's not really, you know, and, and let's, let's lovingly reason together and figure that out. But, you know, it's interesting to see the number of people who it used to be, you know, you could tell everybody kind of, you know, if you were walking the straight and narrow, you looked a certain way, you acted a certain way, you tried to live a certain way. And nowadays there are more and more surprises. You know, you, you don't know that the guy with the ponytail and the tattoos is really a pastor and the guy who wears the business suit might have a drug problem or, you know, have a criminal record. You don't know just based on outward appearances. But recently God has been showing me something about my outward appearance that uh, is something that involves something that happened to me on the inside that has really made um, a, a huge impression on me. And I wanted to share it with you as we uh, wrap up this Good News Friday. As you may or may not know, about five and a half years ago, I had open heart surgery. I've talked about it frequently on the program. And sometimes I feel like I talk too much about it. And then I'll get an email from a listener saying, hey, thanks for sharing about your surgery. I had no idea. And I've been listening to your show for 10 years. So I guess the two months I wasn't on the air here, they, they weren't really noticing. They weren't missing me all that much. But anyway, when I had the, uh, the incision made, they had to crack open my chest and stop my heart for 20 minutes and make a repair to the uh, aortic valve and also replace an ascending aneurysm, uh, both of which could have been fatal. And, you know, maybe even 10 years ago, I would have just, you know, nodded off and not woken up. When I, I've got a picture that I won't release to the public, but a picture of me two days after the surgery where they'd taken all the tubes and things out and I have this massive red purple scar on my chest. And over time, um, it's been fading and fading and fading to where the only thing you really be able, are able to see now is that the sternum, uh, base of the sternum uh, of my chest, my rib cage, I've got some wires that hold the ribs together. And there's that knot where they sewed everything up to make sure I stayed closed up and didn't start, you know, leaking all over the place. So it's kind of interesting because sometimes I'll be at the pool or, you know, coming out of the shower and go, hey, this is wild. I, I don't even see my scar anymore. It's like it, it was never there. But in the past month or so, God and I have been on a spiritual journey that has been really uh, interesting and I think rewarding to grow deeper in my relationship with him, where I'm very mindful of things that happened in the past, very mindful of sins I've committed against God and against other people, but also places where God has delivered me, brought me, healed me, etc. And it's interesting because I've been noticing more and more that I can't see the physical markings of the scar in the purple bruised sense, but if I position myself a certain way in front of the mirror, kind of lean forward on my, the palms of my, of my hands as I'm, you know, brushing my teeth or whatever, I could see the whole thing. And it's amazing because if you looked at my chest, if I didn't have a shirt on, you might not see it. You might not see the scar at all, except the little knot and go, wow, that's amazing. But it's amazing how I can see it. And I know what it represents. What it represents is that God literally tore me apart allowed for me to have my heart repaired surgically and then held me back together again. And quite frankly, brothers and sisters, here's the cool thing about it. 
Every one of us has that same scar. Every one of us who has been bought with the blood of Jesus, he paid the price for us on the cross, has that same scar. You know why? Because God did supernatural surgery on our hearts. God took that sinful, defective, leading you to death heart of stone that you had under your chest and replaced it with his heart, with the Holy Spirit indwelling in there. And so now the world will look at you differently and say, there's something about you. I don't know what it is, but any other believer would look at you and say, I see the scar. I see the markings. You've got it too. I know it. There's going to come a day, brothers and sisters, when as the Lord's return draws near and as we get through rapturous times and things of that nature, that those scars, whether it be that marking on your chest or a cross on your forehead, are going to become more evident. And the beautiful thing about it is you don't have to worry about how to present it. You don't have to worry about what, what other people are going to think about it because it is what it is and it's there. Why? Because you've been marked with the sign of the cross and sealed with the Holy Spirit forever. And whether it's taking a stand and saying giving birth and starting a family is one of the most empowering things a woman could experience or having everything taken from you, literally, whether it was stolen or you dropped it or lost it, but you lost everything so that you could gain eternity. Then you say, praise God for the losses. When Paul says, I count everything I've gained as a loss compared to my relationship with Christ, that's our testimony too. There was a pastor in town here who used to say, turn your scars into stars. But I respectfully, Dr. Schuler, am not going to take that. I want this scar. I want to share what this scar means to me and knowing that it will mean the same thing to you too because it means the good news and that's the bottom line.